Hi everybody, I'm Michael Goodman with Artmatcher, the mobile app connecting art lovers, artists, galleries, art fairs, and art events. While we continue to build a great experience, we'll be talking art with some of the industry's most interesting and knowledgeable people. Whether you're an art aficionado or this is all new to you, we'll be here to provide valuable insight and hilarious good stories. Hope you enjoy our chat today and check out Artmatcher in the Apple App Store and Google Play. Welcome to the Artmatcher podcast. I am the guest host, Matt Wheatley. I am so excited to explore art, the community, and more perspectives. I am joined by a wonderful guest, Jill Weisberg, who I can already tell you from the green room is going to be a firecracker and keep me on my toes. <laughs> and Jill is an artist, and she is in the world of art, the business of art and the education of art and i'm going to help the listeners get into your bio very shortly but first i want to ask you our five quick fire art questions so everyone get a sense of your preferences are you ready mm-hmm. first up warhol or basquiat oh that's so hard i know you can only pick I mean, one as well oh god you know i have to go with basquiat um do, do you need why tell me why um, I really, I really love the work that he produces um, because it really changed the way people look at outsider art and non-traditional types of artwork. And um, it's really kind of like stream of consciousness. And it's not, it's not like over the head, like spoon fed to you, which I love Andy Warhol. But his is more, he was in commercial advertising. He was a commercial illustrator. So his stuff is more spoon fed. Like this is, although there are some very high conceptual pieces that he's done, it's a little bit easier to understand. And I like, I like more mystery in my artwork. And uh, Thanks for a mystery. Are you ready for some more? Absolutely. Okay. Van Gogh or Toulouse-Lautrec? Um, I'm going to have to go with Toulouse on this one. Because he was one of the people um, that really got out there and started doing these artistic posters, like artistic advertising posters. And so it was a kind of jump from just being a fine artist to, to it's, it's backwards from Warhol, but yeah. And he, Different he has direction. a very interesting story also. That All right. But people, there, there's movies on him. Just watch a movie on, on Toulouse Track. Very interesting dude. So I'm going to give you two commercial artists to pick from then. Very commercial, some might say. Jeff Koons or Mr. Brainwash? Definitely Koons. Definitely Koons. <laughs> um, Jeff Koons. That was emphatic. Definitely. I'm not a, I mean, like, Mr. Brainwash does what he does, and he's not, like, the worst in the world. But Jeff Koons, man, people think that he doesn't do his work. He is an architect, and he has a, a big group of people that are making his his visions come alive and his visions are very unique and very interesting and although he's not maybe you know you might think oh well he doesn't actually touch the art so he's not really making the art would you say that about frank gary he doesn't actually build the building but he is designing the building um and i even came up with a term because there's some things like that um people do like public artists for example you'll create something but you won't you won't make it. And I call that Jeff Koonsing it. I'm going to Jeff Koons this one. You know, just create the idea and have somebody else fabricate it for you. <laughs> like that's, 
So definitely Jeff Koons. I love that because he's so conceptual and um, so very interesting. His work's very interesting. I love that expression and it's a good segue. So uh, yeah. quick fire question number four. If Banksy tagged one of your buildings, what would you do? I would be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like ecstatic and immediately um, put something on there to protect it. Yeah. And keep it because I also Banksy is another person that is a very um, conceptual artist, which a lot of people don't um, understand. And he has a lot of real interesting things to say. And I, I'm a big I'm a huge fan of, of Banksy's work. Great. And finally, just to bring it to some modern times, NFTs, do you own any? No, I don't. And I think there's a huge misunderstanding with um, NFTs and what they can be useful for. Um, so for me personally, I like the idea of an NFT um, being part of a provenance of a physical uh, a physical painting, a physical sculpture, a physical work of art. Um, and therefore, once it's sold, you can actually digitally uh, write the provenance in and perhaps get a commission. As far as the the whole, like, this is a GIF that you can then take a screen grab of and, and buy an NFT of it, um, I understand where the value can be built in that, and I understand how it works, but I'm really interested in how NFTs can attach to a physical piece of artwork and then have very good provenance in it, and it's not fishy anymore. And then also um, the, uh, the 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 artist, you can write into that digital contract that you get your 10%, which I think they do in England already. Am I wrong with, with like commissions? If something resells, I believe in, in um, some other countries that if you're an artist, uh, you get the commission because right now, obviously, if I have a painting and it sells for a hundred dollars and then I become super famous and my net painting now sells for a million dollars, I don't get any of that money. The mm -hmm. person that bought it did. But with NFTs, if you write that into your digital contract, yada, 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 I could get 10%. So that's where I, <laughs> that's the long winded answer of where I'm at with NFTs. I think they're a very interesting concept um, and very useful concept in some situations. Thank you for that. I, uh, I enjoyed our quick fire round. We also think there are better ways to learn about you know, your art loves and art preferences. We would suggest the Art Matcher app, but starting with those five quick fire questions, it's often a good way. So thank you for sharing that. So as I as I shared, I mean, you you, you have a fascinating background, Jill, and I'm looking forward to you bringing that to life. You know, to use your own words, you've been fighting the good fight in downtown Hollywood since 2012 to bring you know, attention to some of the fantastic you know, art scene and movements that are happening down there. Why don't you talk about that good fight and what it means to you? Sure. So a little bit about my background is I started working. I have um, a degree in graphic design and also a master's degree in graphic design. And I studied graphic design and taught graphic design college. And so I know a lot about graphic design. But having said that, I'm also a fine artist. And I went into graphic design so I could feed myself because sometimes fine art can't feed you. <clears throat> so having said all that, I have that huge background and I started working in um, Wynwood and then in the design district with one of the major collectives who started um, the Wynwood murals. And so I started working with them and every year they would bring down people for Basel, all these street artists. And I started out in a project management graphic design kind of capacity with that with them. And then eventually I learned more 
and more about what they were doing. And I started doing some murals myself. So I've done, I've done several. And now one of my, my things that I love to do is large scale public works. I also do smaller works in my studio at home, but um, that's where my art background is. So I have a background in public art, murals and, and uh, graphic design. And when I came on board here in 2012 in the city of Hollywood, what you also need to know is that I'm born and raised in Hollywood. Um, I've lived in Hollywood um, pretty much my whole life with a little stint in a town just north of us called Dania Beach for a while. But now I own a home in Hollywood, so I'm pretty invested in Hollywood in itself. And um, when I came on, they, this, they were wanting to start a mural project. And so at the beginning, it was a little bit of a challenge because when you're working with people who may not have a background in art or an education in art, it's quite a paradigm shift. Um, so it was a little bit to convince people to get these works of art on their walls. But once we started doing that, um, I mean, everybody, you know, came about and they were like, what is this? Oh, we want one. Because um, I was basically targeting build buildings and asking property owners, hey, do you want a mural? So as when we got momentum, that was great. Um, and now we have this really robust mural project that has 33 murals with uh, national, international, but majority local people, really great local people that have also, a lot of them have been in Wynwood Walls um, in, in Miami. And what I'm saying about fighting the good fight is that it never fails when somebody comes here and sees the murals who are local. They say to me, wow, this is a surprise. I, you know, I had no idea this was here. And so that is what I mean about the good fight. Just letting people know that there's all of these scrumptious, beautiful pieces of public art out there for you to just walk around and look at. And guess what? It's in a pre-existing historical downtown that is adorable. And, you know, you can get snacks, you can get drinks, you can go to the restaurant, their co-working space, everything you need, condos. So, you know, it's just about people from other places uh, knowing that there's this really fantastic mural project, as well as the Art and Culture Center, as well as the downtown Arts Park with glass blowing, you know. Um, we have all kinds of stuff. We have like a, a little movie theater here. We have lots of little galleries here. So this is a very robust downtown where you can spend quite a bit of time wandering around. If you're an art tourist like me, you know, going to a museum, looking at murals, grabbing a bite. That's a perfect afternoon slash evening and so that's kind of the good fight is just letting people know that this awesome project is here, that we in Hollywood, this is the arts hub of Broward County. A lot of people think it's Fort Lauderdale and Fort Lauderdale has tons, tons of art. But Hollywood really has a robust art situation going on here. And, um, you know, I just want everyone to see it and enjoy it. I appreciate you sharing. And as you say, with the, the Arts and Culture Center down there with Hollywood hot glass that you mentioned that some listeners might know of from the Netflix blown away uh, episode that they did. Um, there is a lot going on there. And if, if I was an out of town visitor coming down to Hollywood, how could I learn about the murals or get more involved in the scene? Well, all you have to do is really like Google downtown Hollywood mural project, and it should take you directly to the um, CRA site. That's, that's who I work for. I'm the art and culture coordinator for down, um, downtown Hollywood's district, and it's um, run by the city of Hollywood, but I'm under the umbrella 
of the Community Redevelopment Agency because that's our district in downtown. Um, so that's that's who I work for. So if you just Google Downtown Hollywood Mural Project and look for the official um, CRA site, Hollywood CRA site, we're also on social media under Florida's Hollywood. So that's another way. Um, and then you can always just look on my Instagram also. I post a lot of mural pictures. And if I'm right um, in thinking, you actually give mural tours to help the public understand you know, the works of art available and a bit about the artists. When when do those tours happen? Oh, yeah, that, that's a great point. So, yeah, we have this really fantastic art walk that um, happens every third Saturday of the month. So every third Saturday, unless it's like downpouring at 6 p.m., um, at the white information tent on Harrison and 20th Avenue. I do, uh, everyone meets there at six and I do a mural tour for free every month. Um, so if you are not familiar with the murals or you are and you haven't been here in a while, please come on the tour because we get new murals all the time. This is an ongoing project and every mural tour is different. So um I'm sorry, somebody came to the door. Uh, so every mural tour is different. So if you've been last month and you come again, like say you went to January's and you want to come to February, it's going to be a different tour because we have so many murals that I can't get to every single mural at the same time, you know, and the same tour. So, um, and there's also a downloadable mural map on our website. Um, you can do a self-guided tour. So there's lots of ways to see these murals, lots of ways. I mean, they're they're up and in the public 24 seven. So. Anytime here, they're just like right here for you to see. And so coming up in late January, you have the fifth Fort Lauderdale Art and Design Week. And you also have the first annual Art Hollywood event. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about those events? So this is super, super exciting. This is um, our first foray into um, doing something where the community of artists that are in Hollywood. So this is basically going to be one of the main components of this event is the open studios event that we're having. So it's going to be all, like so many local Hollywood artists, including myself, my partner, um, and just so many others that it's really great that we're gonna be able to showcase what they do. And so that the people that come down here quite often, or again, never come down here, have this really, really robust arts experience, but they get to engage with like actual local Hollywood artists. And if you're an artist too, it would be great to come and network with these people and get to know and get to know what you can do more in Hollywood because we'd have such a great, um, we have so many artists that live here and as you can imagine people are getting priced out of miami so we have a lot of people moving here too and we welcome that um and so if you want to get involved if you're a hollywood artist and you want to get involved in anything you just holler at me um and uh i'll point you in the right direction thank you for that um as you know the art matcher app we've been getting involved with the fort lauderdale art week as mm -hmm. well as you know from a digital perspective putting these art tags, these touchable, you know, technology points where people can learn more about art. You're one of the people that really kind of championed that, you know, in the area. Uh, what 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 did you like about that technology and what do you think it can add to someone trying to learn about art in your community? Yeah. So that's something that 
um, myself being an art tourist and going to other places, I love, I immediately just like Google, oh, where are the murals in city X? And then I go down there and we walk around and I take pictures and I look at all the beautiful works. And then sometimes you see something and you're like, gosh, I really want to know more information on that. And so with the art map matcher app, all you have to do is just like tap with your phone and everybody has a phone and then all this information comes up and tells you about the mural, about the, about the artist. And um, I think that that is such a great service, not only to the community around, but also to the artist, because then let's say I see, I fall in love with this mural, right? And it's by some person, you know, uh, obviously some person or some collective, the artist, I find out more, more information. And then I notice that they have, paintings, they have prints, they have things for me to purchase. So I can immediately contact them or go directly to their whatever site it is and and buy a little piece of their work or a big piece, depending on your budget. But then I can have that in my own home. So not just a picture, I can actually have a piece of art by a, an artist. And really, that's what artists are looking for. They're looking for that engagement, even if it's just for you to send them a message like, hey, I saw this work and it changed my life, or it is just so beautiful, I wanted you to know. Um, artists live for that kind of thing. And so the art maker, make, make the art matcher app, sorry, the art matcher app really, really helps with that, it makes it seamless. The information is right there for you. Thank you, I appreciate you sharing. You, you mentioned about how important art is, not just to, as you say, inspire us as people looking at it, but you know, that feedback and engagement with the artist. The indoor art that we think about, it can feel or you experience it very differently than outdoor art. You know, what are your what is your perspective on that? What are the difference between differences between indoor and outdoor art? Sure. So the difference what I like to call between public art and private art is that private art spaces like museums and galleries and um, collections, things like that can be intimidating and then cost money. But especially knowing how, how those environments are and how the culture is of galleries and things, it can feel like you're not rich enough to go into it or it makes you feel uncomfortable in, in some way to go look at these beautiful pieces. Um, so when you look at public art, it's there for everyone, even people who don't want to see it, even people who aren't into art who may look at it and go, you know what, that's a really cool painting on this wall. They may not know anything and then they may get more into it. But what it is, is it's not it's not kind of something that's inaccessible. It's not this like thing that's elevated and, and commodified and inaccessible to the public. It's open, it's, it's an amazing thing for people to see, children get to see it, and it's inspiring, and it's out there 24 seven for everyone to see. And that's really the difference between, um, for me, public art and private art. Not to say that people shouldn't go to museums and people shouldn't go to collections and people shouldn't do what they are gonna do and, ha and, you know, and try to not be intimidated by that stuff. But public art is just such a fun way to bring art into, com into a community and make it fully accessible to everyone. It's, um one could maybe make the argument that it can bring down that perception of accessibility and maybe it could be a gateway that once someone gets comfortable with public art maybe they can continue their journey in into private art absolutely and once they have knowledge because a lot of it is is not feeling 
And it doesn't matter, really. You can walk into a gallery and not know anything about art. Um, but for people, I understand people get that feeling that I don't know anything about art. And so why should I go into this gallery or why should I go into this museum? Obviously, you're going to learn about public art but what, or private art or art that's inside of a building. But when you're looking at public art and you, um, for example, tap it with that Art Matcher app and you look at it and then you're learning and you're learning about artists and then you start doing more research, you might feel like you are an art, a person that knows a lot about art now and that you can go into a gallery and have a conversation with the person that's behind the counter and not feel intimidated, like you don't know anything about anything. You can talk about, you know, the experiences that you've had with murals and interactive outdoor sculptures and any kind of things like that. And that kind of gives you the leeway where if you have a certain kind of thing that you like, you can talk to somebody about it and then they can maybe show you what they have in their gallery or their museum and say, hey, listen, this is what you might really enjoy. So it kind of gets you, prepares you to be able to engage with others about art. And I think that that's really important. If it's something that's that you're interested in, I feel like once you have a little bit more information, it allows you to have those conversations a little bit easier without intimidation. When you're thinking about those public arts, the murals, and you're thinking about the curation and arranging those opportunities and you arrange so many you know getting that clearance from the building owner making opportunities for the painter how do you curate those pieces of work is it down to the artist to choose what they want are there themes are there topics you know, are there feelings or emotions you're trying to stir as a as a public collection so here's how this project works um I do curate murals outside of this project, but for this conversation, we're going to talk about this project. So with this project, it's really a partnership between the artist and the property owner. The property owner has to approve everything. The property owner is paying for everything, although we have a 50% reimbursement grant, but it's really ultimately up to the property owner. So what I do is I have a discussion with the property owner, and sometimes they say, you know, I don't know, you pick. So then I look at the architecture and I think about what might look great on that architecture. And I send them three or four artists from my artist database. I have a very, very robust artist database. I've been doing this since like 2007, 2008. So I, I know a lot of the local artists and I know when the international ones are coming in and national ones. So, so I can offer them to the property owner. Once a property owner picks an artist, he understands, he or she, the property owner, understands that it, that this particular artist does this particular type of work. So they can request some little things, but in my estimation, it's artist directed at that point. So I tell the artist, this property owner picked your, your uh, work. Um, here's a picture of the wall. What do you think? And then either we talk about it or they just come up with some concepts and then they send them. And then it's up to, to uh, you know, one of my, my um, jobs as a facilitator is to go ahead and get all the proper paperwork and the approvals. And the, the property owner needs to approve the rendering for sure because it's going on his building and he's paying for it. And then it goes to a mural approval committee which um, is made up of uh, the commissioner for the district, um, somebody from the Art and Culture Center, somebody from the CRA, and then they are the ones who approve or not approve. And basically it's not whether they like it or not, it's basically, does it, does it, is it family friendly? Does it have political content? Is this muralist qualified? Because this is tax funded, um, these people have had to, the artists have to have 
bit of mural experience. They just can't be somebody who's like, oh, yeah, my cousin does watercolors and they want to do a mural now. You can't do that in this project. Um, and so that's kind of how it goes. It's 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 I'm curating with the property owner and the artist. So I'm like I'm like the the delicious sugary white filling in between the Oreo of the mural project. <laughs> you know what I mean? Making sure everything goes smoothly once it's approved, making sure everybody has everything they need, all the equipment and all that good stuff. So that's basically how this project is curated. That's Fantastic. And those um you know, those artists that form part of that Oreo sandwich. And you're gonna make me hungry with that with that <laughs> analogy. Where do you where do you select them from? You mentioned you've been in the industry a number of years and you have a database. Yeah. How do they find you and how do you find them? Oh, that's you know, I'm definitely always going around looking at all the murals and um when I see something I like, usually I hit them up and I and I find out where they live because it's much easier and much more cost effective to, to deal with the local tri-county people, which I have tons of. And then um also sometimes I will find somebody that uh isn't from here, but um I ask them to let me know if they're coming this way. And then a lot of people send me their their portfolios or they ask me, they're like, hey, so can I just send you my portfolio? And I'm like, absolutely. So anybody can can show me, you know, send me their portfolios and be added to the, the artist database as long as they're qualified, meaning that they have three exterior murals that they've painted um, and they have photos of them. And uh, then then I just add them in there um, and uh, they're good to go. But the majority are people that I know from down here. Thanks for sharing. You mm -hmm. you mentioned obviously you've been doing this for a number of years, both as an artist yourself as well as being involved in the community. Um, it's pretty fair to say a lot has changed in the art industry over time. What do you think are some of the biggest changes or generational differences? Oh, one of the biggest changes that I absolutely love and cannot talk more about it is when I started doing mural back in the day. There were not, I mean, there were females, don't get me wrong. There were females and there's always been females. Like Lady Pink has been doing it forever, but like there weren't a lot of women doing um, a lot of big street art murals, graffiti murals. You could find them, but you had to look or there were just a few of them. Nowadays, so many, so many great female artists, so many artists that are getting up that are teams, including females, just it's, I mean, there's even like a graffiti crew down here that has a female member now, which you may not think is a big deal, but it's it, it's it's a big deal um, that there's more inclusion of of women. Um, and uh, as a feminist, that makes me really happy. And being a woman artist and being a, a female muralist, it makes me really happy um, because su surprise, surprise, I would be working on a mural by myself on a scaffolding, just painting away, which, you know, women have arms, you can paint, it's not that big of a deal. And I cannot tell you how many times a guy would pass me by and ask me if he needed help, or if I needed help, not him. Obviously, he did need help for asking me. But he would ask if I needed help, or like, who's doing that mural? Like, this is back in, this is like, you know, 10 years ago, who's doing that? Are you doing that mural? Like, they're surprised, like a girl can take a paintbrush and like actually paint on a wall. Like, I don't, I don't get that, but that's something now it's not questioned. There's just female muralists and that's that. And I love it. I love What's it. What's driven that change, that increase in acceptability, which has long been overdue? What's driven that? I think it's just the the female artists that started and kind of paved the way and kept doing it and kept kept doing it and other people like 
I mean, you know, I wanted to do it because it just seemed like so much darn fun. And it is. It is so much fun to paint murals. It's a lot of hard work, but it is fun. And then you have this massive, again, piece of public art that is out there 24-7 and it's not going anywhere until it gets painted over or the building gets torn down or there's a change. And so, again, that's another thing I enjoy. Just quick, quick uh, aside that... Um, how street art and murals and contemporary pieces of art that are on walls are so ephemeral that that you may see them once and the next time you come they're going to be gone and that's another uh, another cool thing but having said that it's just that you know i think the world has noticed with all of the things that are going on um that yes women can do lots of things including paint giant wall murals get up on a cherry picker and and paint a 70 foot mural like it's you know we can do it so i i think that that is the biggest change that i've seen that i absolutely love i uh i think there's such a positive change and and amongst many more inclusive changes that continue to happen in the industry what are some of the other generational differences or changes you've seen happen um i've seen just a lot more people get into it um which is great and then i've seen technology change um the fact that you can do a rendering uh, in Photoshop, right? And then you go in, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, but when they start, when a muralist starts doing their sketch, it'll just look like weird glyphs that don't make sense. And what they're doing is they're just putting a grid for themselves on the wall. And then they take a picture with their iPad or their iPhone and they interpolate the Photoshop file on top of their glyphs. So now they know, okay, that eyeball is by that little weird number seven I made. So I know where the placement of the eyeball. It's a really cool way of mapping out your mural without using the traditional, I'm going to actually write grid lines, which people still do on the wall and just use my piece of paper, which is the old way to do it. So they're using technology, which I think is super, super, super cool. And also with apps such as Artmatcher app and other kinds of things where you can find out immediately more information um, on, on the artist uh, in the project too. So there's a lot of, and technology is just getting crazier. You have um, interventions now with AI where you can have a mural and you have like something going on, like you have like, all kinds of really cool um, altered reality stuff going on with that too. And I think that um, it's only going to get more and more, you know, they're gonna, there's going to be more and more types of this technology being used where, I mean, you see people with VR glasses on now doing, you know, fake murals, you know what I mean? Like fake murals with VR and like doing them in not fake, but they're in, they're, they're digital. They don't exist in the real world and they're, I don't know. It's really, really interesting um, to see how just how far technology has kind of gone. It's a uh, it, it really is. And as you say, there's been so much progress from a societal and a technological perspective that has benefited art and art has benefited. But there might still be some remaining challenges. And with that assumption, if I was to hand you a magic wand, what would you with a flick of the wrist, change or fix or adapt in the world of art? Oh, well, if I had a magic wand, it would be more opportunities for local artists. Um, just that's basically more opportunities and more money. Unfortunately, 
because art is such an ego-driven field, um, people in the art industry, not everyone, there are some people who are killing it, just like in basketball, but just like in basketball, if you play basketball, doesn't mean you're necessarily getting on the NFL. Uh, oh, yeah, not that's not basketball. The What is it? The, the NBA. Thank you. You can tell I'm yep. into sports. Good sports analogy. But the thing is, is there's a lot of people who just expect artists to do things for free for exposure. And that's my magic wand. I would, I would definitely somehow make people understand that being an artist is a job. And just like any other job, people need to get paid for their work. So if I had a magic wand, that's what I would do. Just having that understanding really built in to every interaction. It's not like you go to your dentist and he's a new dentist and you're like, oh, you're new. So can I have this filling for free? Because I'll go tell my friend that you did the best filling ever. That does not happen. Happens all the time with artists. Happens all the time. And it's unfortunate. So that would be my magic wand wish. I, I appreciate that. You're clearly a, a high energy person that's really engaged in yeah, the community and the topics that you have in front of you. And so this is going to be probably the most difficult question I'm going to ask you. But if there was one thing you're excited for in art or, or in Hollywood for 2023, what would that one thing be? I mean, just keep keep the momentum up that we have and just keep getting Hollywood recognized as a major arts hub, you know, in South Florida. That's that's what I would love. And just really supporting and nurturing our community, our artist community, um, and our patrons that come here and visit us. So that's kind of what I would wish. And I'm working really hard towards that um, with everyone else. It's not just me. It's everyone in all the art people in Hollywood are really working hard. Yeah. And you mentioned you've got 33 murals already, which is a significant amount of, of of public works and you have a lot of exhibitions and fairs on the calendar um how many more public murals do you think there are a space for what do you hope to uh, to make space for you know in the next 12 months so we're really lucky with this downtown in that it is very architecturally diverse and it's not the type of place where you can have a mural on every building so it has been very thoughtfully slowly kind of planned out and there's still plenty of room for for murals so we're just going to keep adding murals as they come to us i'm in the middle of planning about nine right now and uh, we hope to add at least four to five this year probably will be more but that's that's our goal um it's an ongoing project like i said so it just keeps we just keep adding and adding and it'll just keep getting bigger and bigger but i don't think that we ever have to worry about it becoming super saturated because we don't have that type of architecture here and we do have a lot of of buildings that could have murals on them that don't right now and some of them don't have murals because they don't want murals not every building needs or wants a mural um so that's one of the the things that i am am tasked with also it's like i go to property owners and ask if they want a mural and also property owners and property tenants come to me and ask for murals so it goes both ways and um, i'm just excited and also one of the things that happens is we do have some of the murals that are older and um, like this year we had two murals replaced um one one of them was the same artist and one was a different artist so we've had artists that come back 
and redo their murals and, and do a completely different mural, but it's the same spot. Um, and then we have murals that get painted over and are done by different artists, depending on what the property owner wants, because you have to think about that. That is their building. It is not city built property. So it's really, really what what do they want to do with their building? Do they want to just paint it back and not have a mural anymore? That never happened so far, but it, it's a possibility. It's their building. All that we ask is that they keep it up for one year and everybody always does. Nobody really takes their murals down unless they need to be redone or something happens with the building so far. Jill, thank you mm -hmm. for being a guest today on the art matcher podcast please keep fighting that good fight and uh, <laughs> bringing art to everybody um, yes. because it's a wonderful direction and yeah it's such a vibrant area that you guys are a part of and responsible for so thank you oh my pleasure thank you thank you so much for tuning into the art matcher podcast we had an interesting discussion, a great time, and we hope you did too. Please tune in for next week's episode and like, share, and follow. For more information about the app, you can check out our website at artmatcher.com or look us up on social. Stay safe and be artful.